year of rest. Some of you are due for rest. Still more are due, overdue for rest. And I'm believing that in this year of Jubilee, rest is coming. Rest is coming in 2014. I want you to open your Bible to Matthew chapter 11. Please join us here, as Pastor Dave has already encouraged you, join us here on Wednesday. Wednesday is um, kind of the core of, of La Palma Christian Center, and some of you aren't able to come on Wednesdays, but if you can rearrange some things and get here on this Wednesday, and let's have a powerful time of corporate prayer. We will be praying through the prayer journal. Um, does anybody know what our focus is today in our prayer journal? Come here, Pastor Moses. Today, we are praying corporately for our life group ministry. And what a powerful, powerful ministry life groups has become. Uh, I, I feel for La Palma Christian Center, it is the way that we are fulfilling the last instruction that Jesus gave us. He said, go into all the world and make disciples. And so our life groups is really the avenue here that we are able to fulfill that. And I, I'm thrilled with what is happening in our life groups, but I believe we're just getting started and it's going to just continue to grow and to be blessed. So Pastor Moses, would you take the microphone and just pray over our life groups, our facilitators and hosts. If you're a facilitator and host, why don't you stand? We're going to pray especially over all of our teachers, facilitators, hosts. Amen. Pray over the, our life groups Amen. today, Pastor. If you're next to somebody that's a facilitator or host, understand that. Why don't you just extend your hand towards them. Father, we thank, thank you, you today. Father, we thank you for this opportunity that you've placed in our hands, God. Father, we thank you that your desire is to equip and to grow the saints, Lord God. Lord God, you stated it 2,000 years ago, and it hasn't changed any today, Father. You desire to raise up disciples. Lord, I pray for this uh, new year, this new semester of life groups, this whole year, God. Father, I pray, Lord God, that we would experience things we've never experienced before in our groups, yes. God. Hallelujah. I pray for every facilitator, God, every host, Jesus. I pray, God, that you would strengthen them, God, give them new and fresh vision, Lord God. Father, give them new and fresh ideas, Lord God, of how to be able to be creative, Lord God, in reaching out, Lord God, to their community, Lord God, to their life group. Father, I pray, Lord God, for passion, Lord God, to arise. Lord God, I pray for spiritual gifts to arise, Lord God, in the, in the life group members, Jesus. Hallelujah. I pray that you would forever change their lives, God. Lord God, we lay uh, this year at your feet, God, and we pray that you would do amazing things. We ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you. You can be seated. We're at day 19 of 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so just because you're getting hungry and you want a hamburger, don't, don't quit on me. Let's take this all the way to 21 days of prayer and fasting and um, really commit that to God. And we're going to see God do extraordinary things as we commit ourselves to him. Amen? Amen. Amen. Just one more thing before we get into the word. I can hardly believe that my, my little girl is going to be 16 on tomorrow. It's Butler's 16th birthday tomorrow. And so... As any good parents would, we want to embarrass her just slightly. Oh, Butler, just breathe through it. Oh my goodness, you look so amazing. Lead it, Pastor Moses. Happy birthday to you. Kim, that's from the board. Nice. 
nice to see our adopted daughter Melanie here with our adopted grandbaby Zoe here. Welcome. And Michelle. I have to say before I get into the word how happy I am to see you. Michelle Regan and how proud we are. We're so proud of you. We are so very proud of you. Michelle lost her way. She lost her way. Good, good girl, raised in a godly home. But she stumbled and she lost her way. But I'm proud. It's not in the fall, Michelle. It's in the getting up. It's not in the start. It's in the finish. And you have gotten up and you are determined to finish the race. And I'm just telling you, God has amazing things ahead for you, sis. All of the good things that God has for you is just going to blow your mind. And we will all stand back in awe at what God is doing in your life and through your life. So it's nice to see you here today. And Uncle Bill's just having a time with God all by himself. And I'm just telling you, I love it. I love it. Pastor, uh, Pastor Bill, Uncle Bill. He's just gotten a blessing from God, and you know the power of God has come upon him in such a manner and such strength that he, he's fallen back. And he's there, and he's fine. I don't want anybody to get nervous or, or, or confused. Um, he's, just, he's just having some time with God. I remember we had a Bible study when I first got saved. It was called Spark, Spiritual People After a Righteous Kingdom. <laughs> And we had, a, we had a, a, a Bible study every Tuesday. Everybody had to come to Spark. And, um, and I remember one time in particular, we prayed for a young lady. She was probably about 17 years old. And she fell in our living room. And she laid there for 45 minutes. And her mother got so nervous because she wasn't coming to, if you will, you know. And... and, and uh, but she was clearly okay. I mean, his hands are raised, and he's okay. Jerry, you've got an eye on him, and Dave, you've got an eye on him. He's okay. But this, this young lady at 17 years old, when she finally did get up, she told us that Jesus had taken her by the hand and led her and, uh, down a river, down a stream, and showed her the most amazing things. And she just had a communion time with Jesus. So um, enjoy. Uncle Bill, I'm going to preach, but you spend your time with Jesus. Matthew chapter 11, everyone, open your Bible and look at these powerful words, starting with verse number 28. Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Hallelujah. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Jesus, I thank you for every person in this room, every man and woman, and every student. I believe that you have divinely ordered their steps to be here I pray, God, that you would use me to convey your thoughts and your words. Let every heart be open. Let there be no distractions, God. And may we learn of you today as we ask it in, in faith, believing, praying it in Jesus' name. Amen. A few years ago, a Tahoma, Washington newspaper carried a story of a dog named Tattoo a basset hound. Tattoo didn't really intend on going for an evening run this particular night, but when his owner shut the dog's leash in the car door and took off for a drive with Tattoo still outside the vehicle, the basset hound really had no choice but to go for a run. A motorcycle officer noticed a passing vehicle with something dragging behind it, he described it. He commented that the poor basset hound was picking them up and putting them down as fast as he could. He chased the car to a stop and Tattoo 
the Basset Hound was successfully rescued and was fine. But not before the dog reached a top speed of 25 miles per hour, falling down and rolling over several times. So many Christians are just like this Basset Hound tattoo, running as fast as they can, picking them up and putting them down as fast as they can, rolling around through life, feeling like they're dragged through life. Ever been there? Maybe you're there now. Time magazine ran a story in the 60s on time management. I loved this article. Expert testimony was given to a Senate subcommittee on the subject of time management. They predicted that advances in technology would radically change how many hours a week people would have to work. They forecasted that the average American would be working, are you ready for this, 22 hours a week within 20 years. The great challenge, the experts said, would be figuring out what to do with all the excess time. Fifty years later, with unbelievable advances in technology, how many are sitting around your home, twiddling your thumbs, wondering, what should I do with my extra time? I would venture to say very few actually are there. In fact, it's probably just the opposite for us. There's not enough hours in the day to get all of the work done. How many would say, I, I feel like I can't get it all done in a day? I've got my Monday all forecasted and pretty much set what I want to do, but inevitably, Floyd, I don't get all of Monday's task done. So what I don't get done on a Monday, you okay, Uncle Bill? Jesus is blessing you. It's a year of your blessing, a year of your jubilee. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Uncle Bill came to Jesus late in life, and so he's just so excited to get all that he can from Jesus. What a, what a blessing this man is. What I don't get done on Monday, it goes into my Tuesday column. Well, I can't get all of Tuesdays done, let alone now adding in a little bit of Monday. So then that spills over into Wednesday. And I'm telling you, by the end of the week, I'm stressed. Anybody know what I'm talking about today? Feel like you're being dragged through life? Let me give you a quiz. Are you ready? See how many of these you can get right. I'm ready to throw in the towel. I'm at the end of my rope. I'm just a bundle of nerves. <laughs> Did y'all study for this quiz? <laughs> my life is falling apart. I'm at my wit's end. And finally, I feel like I'm running a rat's race. How many got them all right? Well, this isn't really a quiz you want to ace. But the truth is, we all can relate to some of these phrases. We all know what it feels like to run 100 miles an hour and not to get everything done and to feel stressed. But I want you to know, La Palma Christian Center, this is the year of rest for the stressed. Hallelujah. Rest is coming. Rest is coming. In our year of jubilee, a year of liberty, a year of freedom, debts are canceled, slaves are free, and yes, it is a year of recommitment. What are we committing back to God? We are committing our way, we're committing our will, we're committing our work, we're committing our words, and we're committing our worship. All of it afresh and anew in 2014. It's a year of rest. There are three things I want you to understand 
in this year of rest. First of all, understand this. Everyone needs rest. No matter who you are, no matter what your age is, no matter what you do for a living, everyone needs rest. Back to our text here today. Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Look at your neighbor and tell him that's you. Lori, that's you, sis. That's you, Pete. That's that, Okay, I'll take it. You're right. All who labor and are heavy laden, yeah, that's me. That's us. Because we all get tired. We all are weary from time to time. Everyone needs rest. Why do we need rest? Because we all labor. There are three areas of labor that I want you to pay attention to. There's physical labor, obviously. I mean, clearly, we're all working a good 22-hour week, aren't we? Stacy said by Tuesday he's got a 22-hour weekend already. At one point in, in a, a day gone by, we talked of a 40-hour week. But even 40-hour weeks are not very realistic for today's modern society. Physical work, physical labor. But this year, I'm believing that God is going to lighten our physical work. We're going to work smarter and not harder. We're going to work smarter and not longer. When we submit our physical labor to Jesus, strength comes. They that wait upon the Lord, the Bible says, shall renew their Strength. Everybody just say strength. It's coming. Strength is coming. As you rest and as Jesus leads you to rest, even in the physical realm of life, you'll be strengthened so that you're more efficient. Everyone needs rest because everybody has some bit of physical labor. Everyone needs rest because emotional labor. I asked the other day about your mind just going a hundred miles an hour. You lay your head on your pillow at night. You might even close your eyes like you're pretending to go to sleep. But yet your mind just races thinking of everything you didn't get done and everything that you have to start doing tomorrow. Is anybody kind of built that way? Dorothea, emotional rest is coming for our weary worn out minds the burdens of life cause emotional stress and emotional labor just thinking about all the things that you can't maybe do anything about but yet you're consumed with it financial burdens cause emotional labor and we think and think, how can, I, how can I balance a budget? I think, Stacy, from time to time, God, how can I balance a, a church budget, a, a, a K through 12 budget, and a preschool budget? We have a big budget here. And I have a wonderful team that helps. And Pastor Jim is amazing when it comes to the area of finances. He really is. He keeps me on track. But it, it's ultimately, I'm the pastor. And so that brings emotional burden and stress to me and it's a labor it's not physical labor like picking something up and building something like Jimmy does but it's still labor when we submit our emotional labor to God and he leads us to rest emotionally peace comes somebody say peace, peace. you ready for peace this year and not worrying. See, when we have all this emotional baggage, we worry and we fret. And Jesus said, don't worry. Don't you know that I clothe the fields with lilies? Don't you know that I, I, I'm aware of the sparrow that, that falls to the ground? 
Do you not think that I'm able to take care of you? Don't worry. Be at peace. 2014, a year of peace in our minds and in our emotions. Why does everybody need rest? We need it because of physical labor. We need it because of emotional labor. But we need it, maybe most importantly, because of spiritual labor. Ephesians 6.12 tells us that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Church, we should be spiritually drained and exhausted because we're fighting the, the devil. But too many believers... They don't, even, they don't even fight the devil. They just get up and start life. They just get up and start the coffee. They just get up and take a shower, and before they know it, they're in their vehicle. The day has started. The day is done because life is going 100 miles an hour, and we didn't even take time to even attempt to fight the enemy. And he's waiting for you before you even open your eyes in the morning, before your feet even hit the floor, before you had your first sip of coffee. Why do I keep talking about coffee in the middle of a fast? <laughs> the devil is waiting on you. And I'm not talking about some cartoon character with, red, with a, a red cape and a pointy tail and, and horns. I'm talking about a real enemy that hates you and wants to kill you, wants to destroy you, wants to separate everything in your life. And we get up and we don't even fight the, the enemy. We don't even fight the devil. It's time in 2014 to take hold of the horns of the altar of prayer and start fighting against the devil. Plead the blood of Jesus over your children every day. Cindy, don't you ever give up on your children. Look what God has done. You keep on pleading the blood of Jesus over Silas. God is going to do something powerful in his life. God is going to send people his way. God is about to turn his life around. You keep praying, Mom. You keep believing, Mom. We're fighting a devil. We're fighting an enemy, church. And it's exhausting. You think I just cried all night over my child. Do I have to cry another night? Yes, you might have to cry another night. But how badly do you want your son saved? How badly do you want your daughter saved? We have to go into 2014 ready for battle. So get yourself spiritually dressed in the morning as you get yourself physically dressed in the morning. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be ready. No matter what darts the enemy throws your way, you'll have the shield of faith to deflect it. Hallelujah. You'll stand in faith in Jesus' name and say, no, you cannot have my marriage. No, you cannot have my family. No, you cannot have my job. See, I'm worn out just trying to get this to you. It's exhausting doing spiritual warfare. But don't go through life as a defeated Christian going, oh, I just, I don't know what I'm going to do. and Fight the devil. Don't get up and go, I wonder what the devil is and what he's going to throw at me today. You get up and you say, you better get out of my way. You better get out of my way today. I'm full of God. I'm full of the love of God. I'm full of the spirit of God. I'm full of the power of God. And greater is he, greater is he that's within me than he that's within the world. And get yourself with another sister, sister. Get yourself with another brother, brother, and agree in prayer because where two or three are gathered in my name, there's power, and he hears us, and he answers our prayer. Hallelujah covenant with somebody in 2014 that every morning before you start your day we're going to talk to each other we're going to be accountable to each other and we're going to pray with each other and they'll pray for your family and you'll pray for their family and let's just believe God to do some amazing things in 2014 are you ready for some spiritual labor some spiritual labor it ought to exhaust you we don't wrestle with flesh and blood we don't wrestle with one another here's uh, Creighton, Victor's a wrestler. He's a good wrestler. He, he coaches wrestling. So he knows all the moves. 
And he can just take down somebody just like that. Come here and get Pastor Dave up here and show us what. How many like to see that takedown? Come on and just humor me for a minute. Come here, Pastor Dave. Would you like to see this? Come here, Victor. Hey, 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 hey. We're going to have some church in here today. I'm not playing. I want you up here for a minute. Come here. Hey, 1030, 1030. Y'all getting bonus right now because 830 didn't get this. Just show them the real quick takedown, just a, a typical takedown. You want to get on your hands and knees? Let's, no, no, no. You're the coach. All right. All right. Be easy on him. Go easy on him. Just walk us through. You don't have to really take him down. Just walk us through and you cooperate, all right? Here we go. Uh-oh. Hang on, hang on, hang on. You get a starting position, a side position, so, you know, a stance. And so, you have to set him up. Uh-oh. You can't just go after it. You have to, okay. you know, manipulate the, the move here. So, you got to set him up. Get your leg. Go ahead, catch it. So, you know, just tie up. Get your leg out here. Go for it. Well, 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 well. Now, I'm having some fun right now. Thank you. But I'm just telling you right now. Come here, Victor, real quick. Get, get, get right here. Give me that stance again. Give me that stance. Because the, the, is it a, a referee? Who's the umpire? What's an officiant? A referee, okay. The referee's going to say go, and, and you're ready, see? The enemy is ready. He's crouched and ready to take you down. And we just get up. And he's got us on our back before we even know it. Thank you. And, and we, we wonder, what in the world happened? We're not fighting. We're not fighting the enemy. We're not realizing. God, give us eyes to see. Lift up your hands real quick. God, I pray that you would open our spiritual eyes, that we would begin to see things in the spirit realm. We would sense things in the spirit realm, God. Give us ability, Lord, to understand that there is a real enemy ready to take us down, ready to steal from us, ready to rob from us, ready to kill us. And may we be prepared. We're not wrestling with flesh and blood, but with powers, with authorities, with the rulers of the darkness and the wickedness of this age. So we need rest because of spiritual labor. I have a couple more points I'd like to get to. Everyone needs rest. Everyone is offered relief. Write that down. Not only does everybody need rest, everybody's offered relief. Back to our text. Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Relief comes when we come to Jesus. Let me say that again. Relief comes as we come to Jesus. If you want relief, you've got to go to the source of relief. And I think too many times we're looking in the wrong places for relief. We're going to other sources for relief when Jesus clearly, with arms open wide, says, Come to me. What an invitation from Jesus. Come to me. I found that it's not the only time that he invited those who needed him to come to him. He invited the hungry to come to him. In John chapter 6 and verse number 35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, <laughs> and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Wow. Our world is starving, yet it feeds on filth and vulgarity. What are you feeding your spirit? 
What are you eating? You know, they say you are what you eat. So many Christians are full of the world or full of themselves because they keep eating the things of the world. And Jesus said, come to me if you're really hungry. Come to me. This is a spiritual hunger. We're all trying to satisfy a hunger inside of us that can only be satisfied by eating the bread of life. And Jesus invited all who are hungry, come to me. He invited the thirsty. John chapter 7, verse 37. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. A thirst that can only be satisfied by Jesus. And look how thirsty our world is. Yet it drinks of the degradation and corruption from the enemy and of the world. What are you drinking right now? What is satisfying your soul and satisfying your thirst, your spirit? I'm not talking about are you a Pepsi or a Coke kind of person. I'm talking about something that goes so much deeper than what we actually physically drink. I'm talking about satisfying a thirst on the inside. And if we come to Jesus and let him satisfy that thirst and not try to satisfy it by the things of the world, we have to be so careful here, church, because Jesus pours out his spirit upon us and pours his spirit into us, and that is pure, the purest of commodities is the spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit that has been poured out from God. In the last days, the prophet Joel prophesied, I will what? Pour out my spirit on all flesh, sons, daughters, young, old. This is so pure and so righteous. And we are a vessel. God fills us. So we're, we're, we've got all this goodness in us. But then something catches our eye. So we take this vessel that's, that's full of goodness and we say, well, I really, well, I really, I want to see that R-rated movie. Let me just go there. This is probably better for the Methodist church across the street, but humor me. I know it's probably got a lot of vulgarity in it. I know it's probably got so many F-words. One movie just broke the record for F-words. Did you know that? Woo, what an accomplishment. It's amazing. And I won't say the name of the movie because there's probably some people in this room that have seen it. Oh, did I go there? So we, what we do, Pete, is we pour out a little bit of the goodness because there's no room for that filth because our vessel's full of God, but yet we're so selfish and we're so lustful. And we're, all, all of us, I mean, we're built that way. Don't feel too special about that. It's just how we're human. So we always have to fight it. You're not that special. You've got to fight it. I've got to fight it. But we better fight it. Or we end up pouring out the goodness of God and that pure, pure water that he has poured into us. We spill it out so we can take in some of the vulgarity, some of, the, some of that other substance that, you know, we like. But you know what happens? Just the first little drop of that contaminates all of the bucket. All of the vessel, you can't separate all that goodness, even though it's, it's, it's like 90% of God and then 10% of myself or 10% of the world, well, you, it can't separate. It just contaminates and poisons all of it. He said, out of your heart, I want you to bring that scripture back up for me, please. Yeah. Verse 38. Out of your heart will flow rivers of what? 
living water. But for a lot of believers, out of their heart flows tainted water. So we, we say to our coworker, well, I'm a Christian. I want you to come to church with me. And they're like, what? I heard your language yesterday. I saw you at the club last Saturday. I saw you at the bar on Friday. Why, why do I want to, I want to go there and, so I can be like you and you're just like the world? Only you say you're a Christian? Can I preach this for a minute or you want me to move on? Out of your heart, what's coming out of your heart? Because whatever's coming out of your heart is going to come out of your mouth, see? Because this is the library. I'm not trying to rehearse last week's sermon, but this is the library that stores every word that comes out of your heart. So when he says out of your heart will flow, it's going to be out of your mouth too. Do they, do they want it? I know they're thirsty. The world's thirsty, but do they really want to drink of, of what's coming out of you? Because you're God's perfect plan for evangelizing the world. Look at your neighbor and just shake your head. <laughs> wow. I mean, all of us, any of us, really, God? But it is. This is his plan. Flawed humanity. Because he's, he's trusting that he can depend on us to carry the goodness, the purity of his love, of his word, of his power, of his grace. Let 2014 be a purifying year for all who are thirsty. Amen? His invitation to come to him for rest. He invited the, the, the hungry for bread, the, the thirsty for pure water. He also invited those who want eternal life. In John chapter 5, verse 39, he said, you, you search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. He's actually having a conversation with Pharisees who thought they knew the path to eternal life. Watch this in verse number 40. But you're not willing to come to me that you would have life. Jesus invited those who want to live forever to come to him. Our motto currently is live life to its full. Everybody wants to get the most out of life that you possibly can. YOLO. That's probably not as popular today as it was a year ago, but a year ago it was a mantra for our young people. How many know what YOLO means? How many don't know what YOLO means? Everybody 50 and over. You only live, come on, young people, that's right, YOLO, you only live once, so get the most out of life that you can and live life to the fullest, life, 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 only they're talking about life on earth. Our world is hungry for life. But Jesus told the Pharisees, you're looking in the wrong places. You're going to the wrong sources. If you really want life, he stretched out his arms and he said, come to me. And he still stretches out his arms and says today, come to me. And when you come to Jesus, you get life. I mean, you get life like you cannot believe. First of all, you get life that is abundant on earth. I love my life. I don't feel like I've given up anything. I don't feel like I'm really sacrificing all the things of the world because I'm drinking of, 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 of living water and I've tasted a new wine, hallelujah, and it is a, it's satisfying to me. And I have abundant life right here on earth. God has blessed me with a wife and three children and a church and so many friends. I'm enjoying this life right here on earth. But it gets so much better than that because there's coming a day outside of a trumpet blast that you're going to die and I'm going to die. But that's just earthly death because then I step into my eternal living. Hallelujah. And I get to live forever. Hallelujah. So it's really the best of both worlds. I get abundant life on earth and I get everlasting life 
in the hereafter. How many are thankful today? Hey, how many are thankful today for the invitation from Jesus to come to him for everlasting life? Woo! I'm glad we got a little splash zone right here. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, John 14, 6. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus invites you today, come to him and have everlasting life. Come to him and find rest. Notice Jesus did not say come to the church to find rest. Although plenty of people seem to sleep better in church than at home, but... Sorry. I don't see anybody asleep right now, so we're good. He didn't say come to the church and find rest. He didn't say come to the church and be saved. See, just because you go to church does not make you a Christian. Any more than going to in and out makes you a double-double animal style. Jesus said, come to me. Come to me. The relief comes when we come to Jesus. Finally, I want you to understand this in this year of rest. Everyone needs rest. Everyone can have the relief. Everyone's offered the relief and everyone can enjoy the results. Number three. I say can enjoy the results because not everybody will enjoy the results. But oh, don't we like when the result comes? Ah, what's the result, church? What are we talking about today? The result is not rest. Uh-oh. No. No. Is a little bit of a setup. The result is a yoke. Now you got to watch this. You got to see this. Rest is a byproduct of the yoke. But the result is not rest. Not, not immediately. The result of coming to Jesus is a yoke. Can you believe it? Jesus said in verse. 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Rest is the byproduct of the yoke. You thought you needed a hammock. What'd you get? You got a yoke. You thought you needed a vacation. What'd you get? You got a yoke. I wanted a yoke for today's sermon so badly, but I couldn't find one. So I'm going to make a, a, a yoke of sorts. Pete, you and Stacy, come here. Let me yoke you two, you two ox for a minute. Just face out to the congregation here. Step up on this platform. And I'm going to pretend like I'm yoking you. I'm the farmer. You have to get closer together, you big beasts. I'm going to put this on your shoulder. I want you to take hold. And Pete, if you'll take hold of that. And I want you to lock arms. Now, you'll have to imagine it's, it's like a, it's a collared yoke. See, it's an implement of, of work. And they would be harnessed together with the yoke. And it's tightly fit. And so wherever the farmer wants them to go, he's going to steer them and lead them. Okay, I don't have any rain, so let me, let me, let me tell just a little bit about the yoke. It's, it's a, a type of harness, and it connects two beasts of burden. Typically, it would have been oxen. Uh, the yoke was made for two animals because two animals could do twice as much work uh, and, and have twice as much productivity at the end of the day than just one 
uh, one animal. So twice as much what we would call horsepower or oxen power, beast power. They were well fitted and it kept them together. So one could not go uh, astray unless both decided to go astray. They produce more efficiency in the field. So this is our reins here, and I'm going to, let's go down, and I'm going to turn you this way a little bit. We're just going to go slow and steady, and we're plowing a field, and we're going we're to get productive here. And we've got to step in, step together here, guys. So I'll pull you back a little bit, and I'm going to pull you right there so you're, you're not ahead of him. And I'll say, now well, let's turn just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And now you, now, uh, keep together here, guys. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on a minute. So I'm going to say, whoa, because there was a rock, and I don't want Pete to trip over the rock, so i gotta, I got to move this out of the way, and then I'll get back in here, and, and here we go again. <laughs> so all at once, Pete sees some alfalfa over here on the right, but I don't want, I don't want Pete to go and eat the alfalfa, and so i got to keep him focused. And, and Stacy, you're going to keep him in line with what I want, see? So our eyes get distracted, and we want to go and get this and go and look at that, and, and then, whoa. Let me just turn you just a little bit right here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> Don't they look good? Thank you, guys. Thank you, Joe. Jesus' invitation, he said, take my yoke upon you. Let me tell you a little bit about the yoke that Jesus offers. It's a yoke that is lighter. Lighter than any yoke that you will be yoked to. Whatever else you're connected to, if you will just yoke yourself with Jesus, and connect and fit tightly with him. It's going to be lighter. See, Pete could have gotten worn out. Stacy would have been strong and ready to go. So even though he's yoked with Stacy, he could somehow, some way, relax and rest into that. And then Stacy would do kind of the digging in portion for a little while, and vice versa. They would relieve one another. It's like a tandem bike. Anybody ever rode a tandem bike? I like to be in the back because then that person doesn't know if I'm pedaling or not, see. But when you're both really pedaling, you can just make some, some time and, and, and make some mileage, right? But you can get tired. And so you can rest and let the other do some work and vice versa. That's how it is with Jesus. When he invites you to come and take his yoke, it's a yoke that is lighter and you just have this ability to rest, even though it's, you're still yoked. You're still connected. He said, my yoke is easy, verse number 30. My burden is light. Jesus' yoke is lighter, but it's still a yoke of labor. The second thing I want you to understand about Jesus' yoke, it's, it's a yoke of labor. You're saying, Pastor Steve, you, you, you keep talking about a year of rest, and now you're talking about work. You're talking about labor. Yes, because we still get to go to work tomorrow. We still have to go to work tomorrow. But when we yoke to Jesus, Jesus makes our work easier. Jesus makes our productivity better. We won't be exhausted because we're laboring in our own effort but we're still working in the fields. How many would say there's a lot of work still needs to be done? How many see that in your everyday life? A lot of work that still needs to be done. Who's going to do it? It's, it's you and me. It's the church. It's part of our calling, part of our purpose for being here now is to work while it's still day. Work in the fields, reaching the lost, bringing healing to the hurting. So we yoke ourselves to Jesus, and the labor is more effective. 
La Palma Christian Center, I want to declare to you today that in 2014, creativity is coming in your work. Your labor is going to be more efficient in 2014. Productivity is coming. Creativity, inspiration is coming. Favor is coming. I believe God is going to birth in you the idea that nobody else thought of in the company. Hallelujah. You'll work smarter and not harder. You'll work smarter and not longer. And you'll have time for the other things that really matter, like your family and the church and ministering to the lost. Amen? So don't think that just because it's a year of rest, you get off scot-free. We're still laboring, but we're laboring and partnering and being yoked to Jesus. And his burden is light. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. One more thing you should understand about the yoke that Jesus offers us. It's a yoke of learning. He said in verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I'm gentle and lowly in heart and you will find, you will find rest for your souls. I really like that because we want Jesus just to give us rest. Jesus, I'm exhausted. Jesus, I'm tired. And he just hollers at us from across the room. That's because you're not yoked to me anymore. That's because you've disconnected from me. Get yourself over to me and get yourself yoked to me and I will lead you to rest. You'll find rest as you're yoked to Jesus. He'll lead you by the still waters. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me by the still waters. When we're yoked and connected to Jesus, he will lead us to find these spots of rest. It'll be the right time for our rest. It'll be the right measure of rest for the right length of time. And then he will move us on. But he wants to teach us this. This yoke is a yoke of learning. You don't know everything yet. I don't know everything yet. Church, we are so far from knowing everything that Jesus wants to teach us. How do you learn? You get close to him. Pastor Dave is just constantly tugging on my shirt tail. Constantly coming into my office and saying, Pastor Steve, how do you handle that? How, how do you handle this? How do you handle that? How would you deal with this? And what do I do here? He's just constantly. He's come in very close to me and connected himself to me. All the pastors, really. But I'm just saying, Pastor Dave, you, you, you really just kind of stand out in this regard because I know that you want to be the very best that you can be and so as you connect yourself to me hopefully you'll learn the good and some of the bad of being a pastor this is Jesus he's saying just come close to me I'll teach you come and learn of me because my way has just failed too many times how many would say my way has just failed too many times so we get yoked to Jesus and we just say, teach me, teacher. Teach me, master. We learn. When we learn from the best, it produces rest. He shows us shortcuts, Victor. More efficient ways of doing things. We've done it this way on our own. And Jesus comes along and he says, well, we'll do it this way. And you just go, wow. That's so much easier. That's so much better. That's what 2014 is going to be. You're still working. You don't get off. Don't you dare call in and say, my pastor said I didn't have to come into work. <laughs> no, you are working. But your work is going to be lighter. It's going to be more productive, easier. This is our year of rest more organized. Let's pray that God would help us to reorganize and reprioritize to make our work better and to make our work easier. Ask God to show you how can I be more efficient, even for the whole company. Amen? One more thing on the yoke and I'm going to close and pray. This is critical. The Bible's very clear. We're not to be unequally yoked write this down 2nd Corinthians 6 14 
2 Corinthians 6.14, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness, and what communion has light with darkness? I don't believe in missionary dating. And the youth pastor said amen. And I think all the moms and dads in the room ought to say amen. What I'm saying is, we have a, a godly, spirit-filled, teenage young, young man. And he sees this foxy somebody over here. And he says, boy, she's just so fine. And she just blows my mind. And I want to go out and have a good time. And so he compromises because she looks so good. We'll just call her Delilah. How about that? Got a call on your life. You love God. God's using you, but yet, boy, I want some of that. I like her. And that compromise, thinking, well, I could, I could lead her to the Lord, right? See, this is where it gets to be missionary dating. A believer says, I'm going to go date an unbeliever with the intent of, of leading them to the Lord. But really, that's just to justify your own selfish heart and your own selfish desires. Because what ends up happening is you go out and then you kiss and then a switch is turned on that you can never turn back off. Don't let me get there and go there. But you never know. Your heart, Butler Ray, is a tender, tender thing, sis. That's why I've said you're not going to date until you're 16. And now, as of tomorrow, I'm changing the rules and you can't date till you're 17. I wondered how we're going to take care of that, Karen. The closer it got to 16, I'm like, God, what are we going to do? Stacy said, change the rules, and I liked it. I want us to be so serious with you, sis. You are a prized possession, a gift from God, and your mother and I have been mandated to guide you and to steer you and to help develop you. And your heart is such a, a tender, tender thing, and I don't want anybody to mess up God's plan for your life. So I don't want you going out with somebody who doesn't know Jesus and who doesn't love Jesus, because what if you would fall in love with this somebody? See, that's what happens. People get unequally yoked, Pastor Creighton. They get unequally yoked. And then you're going through life and you love Jesus and you keep wanting to go to church and you keep wanting to help the lost and you keep wanting to reach out to the outreach. And this husband or this wife, they're, they're going this way and the yoke is like this and you're pulling to be with Jesus and in church and they're pulling to be in the bar and be in the world. And it's a problem. It's a problem. That's why there's such a strong warning. Don't be unequally yoked. Now, I do not want to minimize anybody in the room who's married to an unbeliever. Don't misunderstand me. You would probably preach this point far better than I would, truth be told. There are some who've been married and one has found Jesus, but yet the other hasn't. It's a struggle. Be very careful in your business dealings, everyone. I'm not saying that we are in a bubble this Christian bubble and, and, and we don't have any dealings with the world, that's absurd. How can we reach the lost if not interacting with the lost? We're in the world, but we're not of the world. Don't be yoked and tied. You make these contracts and then, and then they want to cheat. They want to... They steal from Uncle Sam and, and do things that are inappropriate with taxes, and you're connected. Y'all don't want to hear it. Well, it is what it is, and there's the scripture, and I stand on that. Pastor Moses, I want you to come. A year of rest, church. A pastor went to visit a farmer who was part of his congregation one day. He arrived to find him plowing in the field with a team of oxen. Kind of an old school pastor, still used the team, you know. The pastor immediately noticed that one of the oxen was clearly bigger than the other one. So when the farmer was finished plowing that afternoon, he, he asked the pastor about this, or the farmer about this, excuse me. The farmer, uh, the pastor asked, uh, uh, 
about the bigger animal. The farmer said, well, the bigger animal was the older animal that was well-trained, and the smaller animal was younger, and he was new to the yoke. The pastor asked, why do you put the two of them together then? The farmer replied, well, you see, it's like this. The older ox is the best ox I've ever had. And he knows his way around this field. The reason I put the younger one with him is so the older, more knowledgeable ox could teach the younger how to plow. If I never put them together, the younger one would never learn. By himself, the, uh, the younger ox would plow himself to death. But together, he learns to cooperate and let the older ox help him in the field. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I want you to bow your heads all across this room. Are you ready for your year of rest? Do you need rest? Have you come to Jesus for your rest, for your relief? Are you ready for the result? <laughs> the result is the yoke. Rest will come as he leads you and causes you to find rest. But you must first yoke yourself to Jesus. If you're here today and you'd say, Pastor, I'm, I'm in desperate need of rest and I'm, I'm willing to come and yoke myself to Jesus, just lift your hand and put it right back down. You need rest this year. Amen. Amen. So many hands. God, you see the, the hands of men and women and students in this room. They need rest. Physical rest. Emotional rest. Spiritual rest. By the way, when you submit that spiritual rest to the Lord, He just gives you confidence. I don't know if I said that point or not, but confidence is coming in your spiritual wrestling you'll just know that God has this God give it today let strength come let peace come let confidence come we rest in you we rest in your word refresh us now God let there be creativity and inspiration Lord hallelujah Cup up your hands to heaven, everybody. I'm going to just pray that God fills you right now with creativity and inspiration from his word and from his Holy Spirit. God, make us more effective in the workplace. Let us be a beacon in darkness. Let us be a light in the darkness, God. Let us be your mouthpiece and your hands extended. Let us be, Lord, your feet going. Give us a year of rest. Now I want you to put your hands down and keep your eyes closed. Just one more thing before we leave today. Is there anyone here that you need to come to Jesus to ask him to forgive you of your sins? Jesus is the only way that we get to heaven. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And we must come to him and ask him to forgive us of our sins. If you have never done this, and today you recognize you need to do this, lift your hand and let us pray with you just before we leave. Anybody ready to accept Christ as your savior today? And you've never done this before. Let me see your hand and let me pray for you. Asking Jesus to forgive you of your sins. Anyone? Everyone standing today. All to Jesus I surrender.
God's house, isn't it? Get a week of rest. Um, just a reminder, the Dominican team, we have a meeting following this service. So uh, we'll meet you in the friendship room uh, immediately following the service. And uh, we are still looking for donations and things to come in. Um, wash, wash rags, wash towels. Uh, we're going to, we need hundreds of them. So church, if you would be so kind to uh, go out and get some, this is for the Dominican Republic and any other commitment you made uh, for supplies, uh, it is coming quick. Uh, we're going to be gone uh, in less than uh, two weeks. So uh, uh, keep us in prayer. Uh, we're going to need it. We're out ministering. We represent you and, uh, and we represent God, right? Father, we're so grateful that we're able to to come and learn at your feet and, and learn your words. We ask you, Lord Jesus, that, that they are implanted in both our mind and in our heart, that we would take them, Lord, and, and ponder them and use them. We ask you, Lord Jesus, to bless us, bless us as individuals and as a church and as a community. We ask you, Lord, to take us to our homes and back again uh, and into our, our schools and into our work, letting us be the light. We ask these things in your precious name, Jesus. Amen.